Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. I'm going to preface this because I need y'all to hear what I'm about to say. I'm going to say this not because I need to hear you, but because God needs to hear you. Somebody say, God needs to hear me. I, I need us to understand something as a church. One of the pillars of our church is intimacy and worship. Somebody say intimacy and worship. And if any married couple knows anything about intimacy, the depth of your intimacy may determine if you have to show that intimacy behind closed doors. Here's what I'm trying to say. Your intimacy with God is private. Somebody say it's private. And notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that he's seeking true worshipers. What a sad tragedy that God be looking down for worshipers and he finds us not worshiping. And God is saying, I'm looking for those that will love on me and I need to see you loving on me. Somebody say, God needs to hear me. I, I, I know that we feel like we've went through the motions, but if y'all can do me a favor and stand to your feet and begin to love on God, come on, begin to love on him. God, we bless you. God, we honor you. God, we love you, God. God, you'll never find us not worshiping you. God, we give you glory, God. We give you praise. Come on, everyone in this house should be worshiping God. Come on, open up your mouth with the fruit of your lips and begin to bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, find, we want you to find your, uh, us worshiping you. Yes, Lord. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to always find ourselves worshiping. I don't know about any other church. I don't want us to be this church where people come in casually. And they can feel like they can just simply sit in the presence of the Lord. Because remember, our pillar is intimacy and worship. I know our praise team sounded good, but God wants to hear somebody say my voice. He wants to hear your voice. And while we're standing to our feet, I want us to take up our Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 14. Hallelujah. We have no church if there's no intimacy and worship. Father, forgive us if we found ourselves not worshiping you this morning. Forgive us, God. Every time you look down, God, we want you to find us worshiping you. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14. I want us to go to verse 23. It's so good to see many of you in the sanctuary this morning. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. I'm going to be looking at verses 23 through 32. And though, just for your hearing, I'm going to be coming from the New Life version of the Bible. The New Life version of the Bible. 
I believe my wife has already declared this, but let's continue to pray for Lady Natasha Tate as she laid her husband to rest. I believe our hearts were strengthened by the words of the bishop on yesterday, but the Lord and the Spirit has to comfort her in the days ahead. So let us pray for her. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, it reads as thus, after he had sent them away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Somebody say Jesus. When evening came, he was there alone. By this time, the boat was far from land and was being thrown around by the waves and the wind was strong against them. Verse 25 says, just before the light of day, Jesus went to them walking on the water. And when the followers saw him walking on the water, they were afraid and said, it is a spirit. Some versions say it is a ghost. And they cried out with fear. And at once Jesus spoke to them and said, take hope, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to Jesus, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he was afraid and he began to go down in the water. He cried out, Lord, save me. And at once, Jesus put out his hand and took hold of him. Jesus said to Peter, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? Verse 32 says, and when Jesus and Peter got in the boat, it's a good thing when Jesus can get in the boat with you, the wind stopped blowing. I want us to look at verse number 28 again. Peter said to Jesus, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. I want you to be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning. The process of stretching. The process of stretching. For many of you who have not been tuned in during this series, I, I, I've been on this series called Lord Stretch Us. Lord Stretch Us. I believe God always wants to stretch us when there's more that he wants to do in us. Tell your neighbor there's more that he wants to do in me. So he stretches us. And I talked about uh, uh, that, that there's this place of stretching. And I also talked about on last week that there's this price of stretching. And I said this concerning the price of stretching. Whenever I pay the price, I come in agreement with what God wants to do in my life. But here's the thing I need y'all to understand. Agreement with God means nothing void of advancement. I don't care if you agree with God on anything. If you do not advance, that agreement means nothing. Somebody say nothing. Because many people come in agreement with God concerning things over their lives, but never take any tangible steps to walk in obedience concerning what the Lord has said to them. Many of y'all know how to sow a seed in agreement with what God is doing. Many of us know how to lay on the altar and say, God, I'm in agreement with what you're saying. Many of us know how to shout and dance in agreement, but none of us advance with that agreement. I, I've got to advance if I'm going to come into agreement with God. It's, it's no different when the Lord wants to stress us. Many of us know it's necessary, but many of us never move. Many of us know that God is trying to take us from one place to the next, but we never move. 
We know it's necessary, but we never move yet. The rea reality is that there's a process of stretching that we all must submit to if we ever want to take hold of the promise. I, I've got to submit to the process. And here's a word of wisdom. I, I, I don't consider myself to be a prophet, but I need us to understand this. Every prophetic word over your life requires a process. Many people receive prophetic words, but they never go through the process. And I know somebody might be saying, isn't God providential? Yes, he's providential. Isn't the promises of God? Yes and amen. Yes, I understand that. But process is God's mean, means of, watch this, moving us from prophecy to promise. There's a process. Somebody shout process. And watch this, not only is process God's mean of moving us from prophecy to promise, process is also God's means of maturing us to be able to handle the promise. The reason why many folk don't know how to handle the promises over their lives is because they never went through process. Uh, process is necessary. It's necessary. And y'all probably don't believe me, but I want you, all you got to do is ask the prodigal son if process was necessary. He said, I want my inheritance now for the process. And watch this, where there is no process, your promise will never be permanent. Where there's no process, my promise will never be permanent. Because he had no process, he, he did not know how to handle what his father gave him. If you want to be able to handle what God gives you, if you don't want to spend it and waste it away on riotous living. You have to go through process. Process is necessary. And I know many of us may not like how stretching makes us feel. I, I, I know, but we've got to understand that is necessary. And y'all know, I, I talked about this price of stretching. And I liken it to this. The, the young folks say it, it, it this way, and many times stretching feels this way. Uh, it makes me feel some type of way. I don't know about y'all, but stretching can make you feel some type of way. Oh, y'all ain't staying with me this morning. Because here's why stretching does not always feel good. Because we lose consent. We lose our ability to navigate and negotiate with God. We lose some connections. Y'all got some best friends that you don't want to let go because God is stretching you. And we lose our comfort. But all of that is necessary. It's vital for us to know that not only, only are those losses a part of the process, but they're necessary for the process. Somebody say they're necessary. Yet as believers, we must understand that the price of stretching, hear this, is only the birthing pains of the process of stretching. Some of y'all probably thought, it's more to what this stretching entails, Pastor Keith. Yes, your price to pay is only the birthing pains. Our process requires more than that. And this is where I believe we find Peter in our text. Peter had already paid the price to be stretched by God. I need y'all to understand that because watch this. Jesus called Peter from a place of familiarity. Peter was a fisherman. So just think about just leaving his livelihood to follow Jesus. So, so he left what was familiar and he was going into a territory that was foreign. He had already said, God, I'm going to come in agreement with what you're calling me to do. 
But God, even Jesus said, that's not enough, Peter. Some of y'all think because you got saved, because you joined the usher board, because you now an evangelist and you got a title before your name, that that's enough. God's calling you to more. Somebody say he's calling me to more. So even after Peter paid this price, Jesus is saying there's more of you. And I, I believe in Matthew 14, this is where the Lord is attempting to get more out of Peter. And it was through this process that we find in our text where Peter was stretched beyond what he could even think he could do. And if God is going to get more out of us, and if, if we are to feel and fulfill our capacity, then we must endure our process. And I believe we can glean wisdom from Peter about how we can feel and fulfill our capacity. But, but I want to drop something off before we examine the text. It's important to note that although where God is stretching you may seem foreign to you, when it's God, he's already gone before you. And I need y'all to hear what I just said. Even when God is stretching me, and I said this concerning stretching, God is always trying to take us to a place that we've never been. So even though stretching may seem foreign, watch this, when it's God, God has already gone before me. Somebody say, God's gone before me. How, how, how do I know this, that God goes before us? Notice what verse 23 of our foundational text says. The Bible says, after he had sent them away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, watch this, the Bible says Jesus was there alone. Because God will never call you to a place that he has not already conquered first. Oh, in other words, he prepares the way for my progress. That's, that's good news, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but God says, I'm going to prepare the way for your process. Oh, that's good news. That's some, that should have made somebody happy that God has already prepared the way. And watch this, a common response for many believers when we encounter something that is foreign, we immediately fear. I don't know about y'all, y'all got that, you know, on that first day of your job, you don't know what to expect and immediately fear overwhelms you. You know, that person that you wanted to holler at for so long and you finally get that date and you don't know what to expect. Fear will try to come after you. So when immediately many believers, when we go to this place that is foreign, we immediately fear. And stretching is always a place that we've never been before. And hear this, the enemy wants you to fear so that you don't endure the process. He's going to always try to grip you with fear so you do not endure the process. And hear this, here's the good news. There's no need to panic. There's no need to be perplexed when God has already prepared the way. If God is calling you into a process, tell your neighbor he's prepared the way. As we endure the process of stretching, we got to remind ourselves of Deuteronomy 31 and 8. That promises for all of us that the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. We can't allow fear to stop us from fulfilling our process. Oh, that, somebody say that one more time. God has already gone before me. I needed to drop that off because somebody is trying, is even right now wrestling with fear where God is trying to call them. God has gone before you. Now let's look at verse number 24. I want us to walk the text and I'm going to be out your way this morning. Uh, verse 24 says, by this time the boat was far from land and was being thrown around by the waves. The wind was strong against them. 
I want you to understand this. Your capacity in God is only revealed in the face of challenges. What I know that God has allowed me and equipped me to handle is only revealed in the face of challenges. Y'all know you can have some folk that's so deep and you think, oh, they must be in, in just in such a deep relationship with God. But when challenges come, that really reveals the capacity that God has given them. Oh, somebody say challenges. Oh, y'all don't like to be challenged. And here's a word of wisdom. That challenge will always be to the degree of the word that the Lord has spoken over or in your life. I hope y'all hearing me. So in preparation for the process, it will always require you to ask yourself, what's the last word that has been spoken over me or in me? Here's what I need y'all to know for because I don't I need everybody to stay with me. The first thing I need us to understand about process is that it will always involve a test. Tell your neighbor, it, 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 it will involve a test. It's going to always involve a test. So I've got to ask, what's the last word that has been spoken over my life or in me? And, and why do I say this? Because in Matthew 14, we find not only Peter, but all the disciples being challenged by a storm. And here, why is this critical? Because yet in Matthew chapter 8, the disciples had already witnessed the power of Jesus to calm the storm. Y'all, 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 in them avid Bible readers, Matthew 8, 26 through 27 says this. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And watch what the men said. And somebody say, Peter was with them. The Bible says, so the men marveled and said, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey? In other words, your process of stretching will always involve a test of a word that has already been spoken over your life. So so, here's why I get so frustrated with people who come to church casually. If you know that you're sitting in a place where the word is directly for you, best believe that there'll be a war afterwards. And many, this is why many believers lose this fight called life. Because we hear a word, the word is then spoken over our life, but we never expect the war. Any word that's assigned to my life that I receive with great joy, I've got to expect a war. Somebody say expect a war. Uh, y'all got to, uh, your, your, your process will always involve a test. Because watch this, it's one thing to receive a word, but God is always looking for your response to that word. The reason why God is in the business of testing you in your process, because a lot of folk know how to receive a word. I just talked about this. We know how to dance to the word. We know how to buck to the word. We know how to do all. We know how to sow seeds to the word. But God is looking, watch this, for your response. Somebody say, not my seed, but my response. Uh, You got a lot of preachers saying that's your response. No, that's a seed. Uh, Now, this is why we must be aware that a war will always follow a word. We have to stop being so casual concerning the words that we receive. And we must expect war. Uh, Somebody say, "There'll there'll be a war after this. Notice this. Just a few chapters later, After they heard the word of the Lord in Matthew 8, 
in Matthew 14, they experience a test. Notice this. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus was with them. In Matthew 14, Jesus was not on the scene. The Bible says, and he was in this place alone. God is always going to challenge you on the word over your life. And watch this. It's easy to, to, to respond well to the test when we know Jesus is with us. When we know he's been blessing us, when we know that all is well in our circle. But how do you respond when Jesus not on the scene? He says, I, I'm not doing this because I want to leave you alone, but I'm testing you in your process. Because watch this. It's not enough. The Lord doesn't stretch us not to see if we receive the word, but he wants to know if we have a rooted word. Did y'all hear what I just said? God doesn't test us to see if we've received the word. He wants to know, is the word rooted in me? Because a lot of us know how to quote scripture, but the word ain't rooted in me. Oh, we need a, we need a, 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 a rooted word. The test comes to reveal if the truth of what the word um, that has been spoken over your life has transformed you. So the question we got to ask ourselves in this process of stretching, has the word been rooted in us? Ask yourself this. Somebody declare, has the word been rooted in me? I'll say this for anybody who's a, a member of this church. One of the saddest tragedies and the quickest ways that you can disappoint your pastor is when your pastor speaks a word over your life and he realizes that word is not rooted in you. I don't preach words for you to receive it. I preach words so that it might be, watch this, rooted. And this is why, this is why worship is so critical because it tills the ground so that the word might be rooted. This is why, listen, I'm not knocking nobody else's church, but you got churches this morning that are filled with people that are receiving words that will never be rooted. Because this is why this is so dangerous. When this becomes a, a, a spectacle, when it becomes a concert and all I'm doing is sitting back and I'm viewing and I'm not worshiping because I don't till the soil in, in, in my own life that a word might be rooted in me. Tell your neighbor, I need the word to be rooted. Oh, I need the word to be rooted because despite what we want to believe, not only does the Lord test us, oh, the word in our lives, but so does the enemy. See, here's the thing about the enemy that many folk don't know. He's not omniscient. That, that means he's not all-knowing. So because God knows that the word ain't rooted in us, but the enemy does not. This is why anytime we find ourselves under a word that's in our lives, the enemy comes immediately to try to test that word. Because he's not all-knowing, so he does not know if it's rooted in us. And watch this, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's always, so y'all listen, somebody say, it's a double test. Not only is God going to test you, but the enemy will. Somebody say, the enemy will. <sighs> this, is, this, is, this is why we need the word to be rooted in us. The parable of the seed and the sword reveals the attack of the enemy of the word in and over our lives. The enemy wants the word in and over our lives. Watch this to be snatched. Somebody say snatch. 
The Bible says some fell among the, the path and the birds came and ate it up. Uh, he also wants your, that word over your life to be shallow. Somebody say shallow. I keep not worshiping that word going to be shallow. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And not only that, the enemy is going to attack the word over your life because he wants it to be scorched. Somebody say scorched. The Bible says when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because watch this. They had no root. Uh, the word has to be rooted. And watch this. The enemy is going to attack the word over your life because he wants to suffocate it. Somebody say suffocate. The Bible says that other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Because there's always a test. And here lies the problem with many believers. They never endure the process of being stretched because we run at the sign of testing. Listen, I, 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 I've gained a new perspective and a new um, level of esteem for Pastor Natasha. Because of the way that she handled the test. And God is always looking to test the word. You, you can preach to folk. You can lay hand on folk. You can pray over folk. And that word still not be rooted in you. So, so God says, I've got to test you to see if the word is rooted. Ask your neighbor, is the word rooted? Yeah, is it rooted? Because watch this. We have too many believers that like to try the word but never be tested on that same word. This is why y'all know they call them the seeker-friendly churches. Somebody say, not this church. Not this church. Believe you be tested on the word. Listen, and if you don't want to be tested, somebody say, don't go to this church. Don't go to this. Watch this. I need y'all to catch this. You're not the only one being tested. Somebody say, Pastor Keith is. Ooh. I listen, so, so y'all ain't, ain't in the salon. Somebody say, the teacher being tested. Uh, he wants to know, have we been transformed by his word? Watch this. God tested Abraham in Genesis 22.1. God tested the children of Israel in Exodus 15.25. And God tested Gideon's army in Judges 7.4. Because whenever the Lord desires to stretch us, he will always test us. And here's a word of wisdom. Somebody's mad at God this morning. The frequency of tests in your life reveals God's future for your life. The frequency of God's test in your life reveals God's future for your life. Because wherever there's a war over the word in your life, God is trying to do wonders in your life. Oh, that's good news, y'all. That, that, so I don't have to get bent out of shape when I'm going through so much war. Because all God is trying to say, I'm trying to do wonders. Will anybody allow God to do wonders in your life? Oh, yesterday was so difficult. Last week was so difficult for me. I thought I tried to be strong, y'all. But when I got into the house of God to look at my friend, I, I began to break down. I said, God, why? God, why this one? God, I'm looking at all. This is why when my wife say, I see too much stuff. Because I'm like, why God? And God is saying, because of the very wars over your life, I'm really trying to reveal to you that I'm trying to do wonders. Oh. So if you're going through wars, just know God is trying to do wonders. And here's the question. Can you pass the test? So here's the first thing I needed y'all to know. The process of stretching will always involve a test. And watch this. If you don't want to be stretched, somebody say this again. Don't go to this church. Don't go to this church. 
Here's the other thing. I need us to look at verses 25 uh, through 29. Notice what the text says. It says, just before the light of day, Jesus went to them walking on the water. And when the followers saw him walking on the water, they were afraid. They said it is a spirit and they cried out with fear. And at once Jesus spoke to them and said, take hope, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to Jesus, if it is you, Lord, come, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, Peter, get out of the boat and, he, and walk on the water to Jesus. Here's what I need us to know. Validity of a life transformed by the word of God is the, uh, um, um, the presence of trust. Did y'all hear what I just said? Validity of a transformed life by the word of God is, 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 is revealed by the presence of trust. So hear this, your process of stretching will always require your trust. Somebody say, it will require my trust. Uh, so, so, so because a life rooted in the word is a life that trusts the word. Many of y'all know how to shout on the word, but do you trust the word? And here's the other thing. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and watch this. Jesus is the word. So ultimately what I'm saying is that I trust Jesus. Somebody say, do you trust Jesus? Ah, do you do, do, do you trust ah, Jesus? And this is why in the process of stretching, it will always require your trust. So here's some questions you got to ask yourself. Do I trust what the Lord has spoken over my life? Do, do, do I trust what the Lord is calling me to do? And not only that, do I trust the Lord to perform it over my life? Oh, those are those are some critical questions, y'all. I, y'all, y'all I, I do. Somebody say this again. Do I trust the Lord? And somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, that's too simple for me. I, I trust the Lord. I was supposed to trust him when I got saved. Because your stretching has nothing to do, watch this, with who you are, but it has everything to do with who he is. Huh? Because we are stretched, watch this, by his permission. Uh, yeah, somebody say his will. Uh, it has nothing to do with you. We're stretched by his proclamation because if it was up to me, I would not want to do it. But I was stretched because he gave me. Watch this. Somebody say a word. And not only am I stretched um, 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 by his permission and stretched by his proclamation, but I'm also stretched by his power. You can't stretch yourself. Somebody say it's his working. Uh, it ain't up to you, but it's up to God. And here's the reason why many folk never fulfill the process of stretching is because you don't believe God to do what he said he'll do. Y'all talk a good game, but you don't believe God will do exactly what he said he would do. We got to be like some of them. Uh, me and my wife like to say the churches that just believe God. You know, the mothers who had no doctrine, no theological training, but watch this, they believe God. So the question is, do you trust the Lord to perform in your life what he has promised? Watch this. This is why Jesus responded in this manner in verse 27 of our foundational text. Watch what he says. He ain't never say, he ain't say, Peter, I done taught you. Peter, I done poured into you. Peter, I done spoke power over you. He never said this concerning Peter. But watch what he says. Take hope, it is I. Do not be afraid because whenever, wherever God takes you, it's up to him to keep you. Ooh. 
That's that. See, this is how you really know if God has spoken a thing to somebody. Folk get married, and if God, if if that marriage is not marriage is not kept, God didn't take you there. Listen, a sign that this that this church is of God is because He'll keep us, and I will not keep it myself. Because wherever God takes you, it's up to Him to keep you. And hear this. I'm going to mess some folk up because y'all ain't going to like me when I say this. This is why it's always critical when we find ourselves in the place where God is taking us and not ourselves. Because that's the only place where we can trust God. Many folk like to cry to God in places that God never took them to. We got ourselves in those places ourselves. You was in that bad relationship. God ain't take you there. Y'all don't like that. You found yourself in a whole bunch of debt and now you're trying to sow your way out. God never take, took you there. I only want to find myself in the place where God take, takes me because that's the place we can trust him. And we've got too many believers putting pressure on God in places that they put themselves. I'm not. Listen, I'm a young pastor. And I'm not going to be crazy to put God pressure on God in a place that he never took me. We got folk with pastoring churches and God never put them there. And now they're putting pressure on God to keep them there. And relationships because they was just so fine as wine. And now they beating you upside your head. And you want God to keep you. We can't put pressure on God in places that we put ourselves. Tell your neighbor, you put yourself there. You put yourself in that job. You put yourself in that relationship. And you put yourself in that house. That's why it's about to be foreclosed now. That's your responsibility, not God's. It's only where he takes us that we can trust him to keep us. And how do I know this? Listen, I don't just say nothing that sounds good. It's in our text. Notice verse 22 of Matthew 14. The Bible says, at once Jesus had his followers get into the boat. And he told them to go ahead of him to the other side. And remember what I said, God's I'm not omniscient. He already knew a storm was on the way. He said, no, get your behind in the boat and go to the other side. And, and watch this. This place of solitude and this place of the storm is the very place that Jesus sent them. When Jesus sends you, you can have security. Here's the problem. When we get into situations, many of us forget that God has sent us. I don't have to lose my mind when I know God has sent me. Listen, one of the, one of the most difficult things for a new pastor is to start a church and then a pandemic happens. We're trying to grow God. I'm trying to do the things for you. I, I, we're, we're trying to, to expand and, and take the gospel to the other, other ends of the earth. And all of a sudden, a pandemic happens. Well, we got to shut down the church. Folk don't want to come back. Folk scared. Folk, folk, folk don't know if this going to be how church going to be always. But I can have security, y'all, because Jesus sent me. So even when life gets difficult, even when storms come our way, don't lose your mind in the midst of the storm when you know he sent you. Ask your neighbor, did he send you? Listen, stop praying with folk and you already know. Just ask them, did God send you? 
that, that, that's just, I can stop laboring over folk that's losing their mind. All I got to ask you, did God send you? Because if God send you, you can have security. Oh, that's good news. This is why Psalm 31, 19 says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the son of men. Because when God sins, watch this, he always prepares. We can trust God because he prepares our protection. He prepares our provision and he prepares our prosperity. Listen, I'm just going, y'all, because I listen, God, God has been good to me and my family. There were times in this journey, I was like, God, we prayed for Sariah, but we did not pray for Caden. I'm, I'm being real, y'all. We prayed, we labored, we, we had the intercessors. Shan was calling down fire from heaven for Sariah. And then all of a sudden, I get a, 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 my wife says, I'm pregnant again. Somebody say, a storm. We, we knew, we was like, okay, we can make our little money stretch to make Soraya work, but I don't know about Caden. But I had to know that if God says be fruitful and multiply, if he said that he was going to open my wife's womb, he never said how many. But because God, because God sent me, I could have security. Listen, we ain't never missed none of them, them bills high in that daycare. Somebody say they high. But God has always made a way. Our rent is high. But God has always always made a way last year. Listen, because of a pandemic, and I knew that I got to be a good steward over the finances of the church, me and Pastor Cole, we were not taking a love gift. And somebody say, my bill's high. But I know God has sent me. So I had a level of security. We've got to stop dealing with folk that's losing their mind and just say, did God send you? Somebody say, did God send you? He's going to always prepare a way. All the disciples notice this. Watch this. Where he has not made preparations, that's why we can trust him in our process of stretching because he has already made a way. And notice this. It's interesting to note that only Peter trusted Jesus enough to step out of the boat and onto the water. And this is why I struggle with this. All the disciples walked with Jesus. Somebody say, all along. All the disciples witnessed the word of Jesus in Matthew 8. Somebody say all of them. And all the disciples, watch this, experienced the works of Jesus. Somebody say all of them. But only Peter put his trust in Jesus. Uh, So hear this. You can walk with some folk. you You can be with some folk that witness God's word with you. You can even be with some folk that experiences work but will still be wayward. Somebody say, it's my process, not theirs. I don't want to be found guilty of walking with God, of God speaking a word over me and me witnessing the works of God and myself find myself wayward. It's my process, not theirs. So I'm going to trust them. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to trust them. Yet it was Peter. Watch this. Here's how I know. Here's why Peter could trust him. Because it was Peter who Jesus sent for. Verse 29 said, Jesus said, come. He did not say that to all the disciples. He only said that to Peter. And many folk be be weary of folk that want to come with you and jump on the bandwagon. If God ain't called you, don't come with me. If God ain't called you, don't come with me. 
Because watch, you're going to cause me more trouble trying to kick you out of the boat. Oh, somebody say, ask Jonah. I want to make sure this is why when I planted the church, I said, some folk, I know you, you think I'm, you, yes, you can think all of that about me. But if God ain't called you, don't come. Because you're going to mess up my process in the long run. Somebody say, watch out for bandwagoners. We know that about football, Tony. Folk just want to jump on the bandwagon. And watch this, hear, hear this. So we got to know it's always going to require our trust and I'm going to be out your way. Verse 30 and 31. It says, but when he saw the strong wind, he was afraid and he began to go down in the water. And Peter cried out, Lord, save me. And at once Jesus put his hand out and took hold of him. Y'all know some folk give Peter a bad name. But he had sense enough to say, Lord, save me. Watch this. Your ability to endure the process of stretching is not indicative of you not falling, but of your fight. Hear what I just said. Your, 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 your ability to endure the process is not indicative of you not falling in the process. Tell your neighbor, I might fall. Somebody say, I might fall, but I'm going to still fight. Ah, I got I to gotta, I gotta still, still fight. Ah, what do I mean? Your process of stretching won't always be perfect, but it, it won't always be pretty, but it does require you to persevere. In other words, your process of stretching will include, here's an old, uh, old church um, term, somebody say travail. It's going to cause you to travail. One definition of this word travail is painful or laborious effort. When women give birth, they travail. It's painful, but if I never travail, I'll never be able to see the promise. So in the process of my stretching, I've got to travail. Tell your neighbor, I've got to travail. So, 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 watch this. And, and because many times in what God hopes to do in you, it will hurt. Uh, we don't like that because we think of a God being all loving, all kind, all merciful. But many times what God wants to do in us, somebody say it will hurt. Uh, there's times that, that it will hurt. Yesterday was a hurtful process, but it was, somebody say, necessary. Depending on what the Lord wants to do in us, the process of stretching can be painful. What do I mean? You can't love the unlovable until you have to reconcile with the one closest to you that violated you. Somebody say, that hurts. Uh, uh, notice this, you can't turn the other cheek without being the target of attacks. Somebody say that hurts. And you can't trust God for provision. How many know, I think one of the toughest things is when you think folk on your side and you find yourself in a time of need and nobody's to be found. Somebody say that hurts. So many times with what God wants to do in us, our hopes to do in us, it, it hurts. It hurts. The process of stretching can be painful. And this is why although many casual Bible readers see Peter's falling as a failure. But watch this. I see this as his fight. Uh, one who travails. Because he had sense enough, watch this, to declare the name of Jesus rather than drown. You got folk that drown in their sorrow rather than calling on the name of Jesus. And the sad reality, listen, I, I don't never, I know. 
I got a little bit of education, y'all. I know that God has gifted me to a little bit of degree. But the sad reality is that we live in a generation of believers that don't know how to call his name. I don't want to go to a church that don't call his name. I don't, I don't want to sit in a quiet sanctuary with believers that don't know how to call his name. How can you be in the presence of God and not call his name? Listen, I ain't knocking nobody at church, but some of us need to learn how to call his name. Uh, his name, because your process of stretching gets tough, and many times all you can do, this is why I love the mothers, is call his name. I ain't got no scripture for you. I ain't got no theologically deep kind of revelation for you. But all I know is you got to call his name. And we got to be okay when situations get so tough. The bishop told Lady Natasha, I can't help you. But there are going to be some times you're just going to have to call his name. Listen, I I love Shan because she can pray. I love Miss Cindy because she can pray. I love my wife. Because I know she loves me. But there's some times where they can't do nothing for me. And all I got to do is get on my knees and call this name. We, we. And I believe the reason why we have so, so many millennials and new believers that have not experienced God to the degree of our grandmas. Because we don't know how to call his name. In the face of trial, sometimes you just got to call his name. In the face of temptation, when no one's around, you've got to call his name. In the face of tragedy, I saw Tony Tate's mother dance and call his name. I believe we can endure the storms of life, even the stretching of life, when we could learn to call his name. Somebody say travail. Because something really does happen when you call his name. And the reason people don't know that something really does happen, because you have yet to call his name. Just somebody say, just call him. Just, just call him. Uh, Sarah's womb, watch this, was open because she called on the name of the Lord. That's Genesis 16. Isaac received favor when he called on the name of the Lord. And watch this, Moses received victory in war. When he called on the name of the Lord. That's Exodus 17. Why is so, somebody maybe say, Pastor Keith, okay. Why, why is travail so significant to our process of stretching? Because notice what happens in verse 31 of our foundational text. Notice this. The Bible says, at once Jesus put out his hand. Ask somebody say, at once. Oh, and took hold of him uh, because when I can't help myself, I need to know how to take the hand of God. Somebody say, call his name. Because the process of stretching can be painful. And this is why this process will require us to drill. I'm, 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 I'm admonishing all believers. You may have not grew up in the church of the old, but you got to learn how to call his name. There's going to be some times where the intercessors are not available. There's going to be some times where the pastor's not available. It's going to be some times where that mama you want to hug is not available and all you got to do is call his name. Somebody say something happens when I call his name. And the Bible says at once Jesus stretched his hand out and took him by the hand. Oh, that's good news to me. All we got to do is call his name. Many believers, watch this, have idle words over their lives. In other words, prophecy 
with no process. We must not allow a word to remain idle. Y'all know what idle means. Y'all ever seen still water? Y'all know how they say still water runs deep when water, that, that's nasty and troubled water whenever water is still. We have words over our life that are idle. And watch this. When water is idle, it becomes tainted and poisonous. Many of us have left words over our lives that are still idle. Somebody say poisonous. And God says, I need you to go through the process. There's always a process. We must endure the process to take hold of the promise. The process of stretching, it ain't, listen, I'm going to be honest with y'all, it don't feel good. I'm like, God, what are you doing? This does not feel good. But I want more of God. The process of stretching will always involve a test. It will always require our trust, and it will always include travail. But here's some good news concerning our process. I need us to see verse 32, and I'm going to be out your way. The Bible says in verse number 32, when Jesus and Peter got into the boat, the wind stopped blowing. In other words, I need somebody to hear this and hear this good. Your process has a timetable. Did somebody just hear what I just said? You may feel like it's going on forever, but somebody say, my process has a timetable. What God is doing and how he's stretching me at some point has to stop. Well, the only way it'll stop and the only way that I, watch this, the clock does not start until you start the process. God's going to keep stretching you. God's going to keep pulling your behind. God's going to keep giving you tests until you start the clock. God says your process has a timetable. He got into the boat with Jesus. He got to the very place that Jesus said, I need you to be. And listen, you've made the greatest trust because you finished your process. Somebody say, I've got a timetable. It won't always be like this. At some point, it's going to work in my favor. What caused Peter to be perplexed? Jesus stopped. What caused Peter to panic? Jesus stopped. And watch this. Even what caused Peter great pain? Jesus stopped. The wind stopped blowing. Somebody say the wind stopped blowing. blowing. Watch this. Where and how the Lord is stretching. I want y'all to understand this. It may have you perplexed in this season. I get it. You don't know what God is doing. It, it may even cause you to panic a little bit. Y'all know when I got Canaan, just, I, I start, I, the, the, there was this man who took a vow of silence in the Bible. I took a vow of silence when I heard Canaan was on the way. I began to panic. And even some stuff that God is trying to stretch you may even feel painful. But God says if you endure the process, there's a timetable. At some point, it's going to stop. God wants to stretch us. God wants to do more in our lives. But listen, it's going to take more than coming in agreement with them. It's going to take our advancement. Everybody that wants to be stretched by God, everybody that wants God to do more in them, let's stand to our feet. Father, stretch us. Father, do whatever you need to do in our life. God, we, don't, we can't afford for idle words to be over our lives. Many of us are being poisoned by the words that we've caused to remain idle. Help us, God, today. God, we won't take another word from you casually, 
But God, we know and we should expect war after the word. Matter of fact, God, some of your people in this place are at war now with the word over their lives. God is testing them. Not only is God testing them, the enemy is testing them. God, God, matter of fact, give us wisdom to know the difference. So, God, we can know how to fight the wiles of the devil. And, God, that we can endure the test and fight like a good soldier. Help us today, God, because we can expect tests. We won't lose our minds. God. Matter of fact, God, the frequency of tests in our lives, God, reveals our future in you. Whenever there's war of our lives, God, we know now, God, that you want to do wonders in us. If that's you this morning, just know God wants to do a wonder in your life. And God, for that, we say thank you. And God, God, even that, God, we say we'll trust you. God, we'll trust the word. We trust you to perform it. God, we trust you to do it, God. We trust, God, everything that you've spoken over our lives. Help us to trust you, God. Because we already know, God, if you send us, you've already prepared the way. You've gone before us. Let us not lose our mind in a place that has already been prepared by you. We thank you for that. It may seem difficult. Now, I even pray, God, for Natasha in this moment. It may seem difficult, God, but cause her to know you've already gone before her. Keep her upright, God. Let her walk in trust in you. For that's all we can do is trust in you. And God, I pray for this generation of believers that will learn how to travail. Many of us don't know how to call on your name. But God, when all we've done is not working, call us to call on your name. God, something really does happen. And I pray, God, that this just not be a cliche over your people's lives. But God, I believe that you'll manifest yourself when they call on your name. God, you said let every other man be a liar. But God, you'll do exactly what you said you'll do. Something happens when we call your name. We'll travail. And we thank you, God, even though what we are going through may seem long. God, it has a timetable. God, let us not uh, uh, get weary and well-doing because there's a timetable. Let us be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. For God, what we're going through has a timetable. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we adore you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone who's going to go through their process and go through it well, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand, clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.